Welcome to Spiritual Sense. Hello, Shireen. Hello, Michael. So today we're diving into something very important for many spiritual people like us, how to not be a pushover, how to not be a doormat. Are you somebody who likes to please others, who doesn't like conflict, who wants to be at peace and tolerate and just put up with things and doesn't want to have any drama with anyone and doesn't want to be seen as too aggressive or too assertive and as a result of that perhaps you are being taken advantage of and your needs aren't being met. So if this sounds a bit like you and it sounds a bit like me in some contexts I'll be honest, <laughs> then that is what we're diving into today. How to not be a doormat how to get what you want, and how spirituality relates to all of these fascinating things. So, hello, Shireen, how are you doing? Wonderful, wonderful. We're very lucky to have Shireen because she is an example of someone who doesn't let people take advantage of her, and is a very spiritual person. <laughs> take that as a blessing. I'll take that as a blessing. That is a blessing. It's, it's because many spiritual people, we, we have all these things in our head about you know, if someone does something, give them the other cheek. If they hit you one face, show them the other side and tolerate and put up with things and all of this stuff, right? There's so many different messages and we can misinterpret all of those things and end up in a situation where people are taking advantage of us, ruining our life. And we end up with low self-esteem, low self-respect, lack of dignity and end up in a real mess. So we're going to be talking about how to overcome this. So why don't we start with a simultaneous breath with you, Shireen. Got to do a little practice with us. All right, let's take a deep breath in. And hold that breath. And then just release it slowly. Take another deep breath in. Hold it and release it gently. One last time. Take a deep breath in. Hold it. And release it gently. There you go. Ah, isn't that wonderful? So let's start with the signs that you might be a doormat <laughs> just so we can see is does this apply to you and this has definitely applied to me and we also have to remember as we get into this that we have different compartments within us so we might not be a doormat in some areas of our life and we might completely be a doormat in other areas right so it, so just tune into this does it apply to you in any area of your life so here are the signs. Number one, do you compromise with other people? Are you looking for compromises where you're not going along with things? Oh, I'll do this if you do that. And it ends up not really getting what you need. They're not getting what they need. Do you compromise? Second sign is, do you dislike conflict? Are you conflict adverse? Do you hold yourself back to avoid people being jealous of you or their reaction are you a nice person are you very nice and want to be seen as a nice person 
<laughs> They're two different things. No, are you a nice person and want to be seen as nice? All right. Do you like want to be? Like if your self-image is, I want people to think I'm a nice person. Do you feel somewhat trapped or unhappy, kind of stuck in a situation? Are you discontent with yourself, and do you feel like you're in a invisible cage? This is very subtle. Do you feel like you're sort of in a cage where you can't get out, but it's a golden cage. You're kind of comfortable, but you're trapped at the same time. This is a very deep thing. I know, right? Many times you don't know you're in it. That's right. So being a doormat is basically being in a golden cage of some sort. And if you said yes to any of those things, then you are a little bit of a doormat. And we're going to talk <laughs> about how to get out of it. So before we do this, first of all, Shireen, is it spiritual to be a doormat, to turn the other <laughs> cheek, to tolerate things, to people please? Is, is all this spiritual behavior really and truly? Because it seems like it is in some cases. It, it certainly can be interpreted that way. Right. I mean, you don't go in thinking, oh, is it spiritual to be a doormat, right? You go in thinking, I'm tolerating. You go in thinking, I am, um, it's, you know, it's nice to give in to people. I don't want conflict. You don't think, oh, I'm being a doormat. You don't think that. So you think that you're being, um, you know, just being nice and getting along with people and you're wanting to you know, move things along. You don't want to upset the status quo because someone told you it's good to tolerate. Um, you know, it depends on the context, right? It depends on the context. But let's say for most people, 99% of the people in the world, the problem is not whether they're tolerating. The problem is, are they facing are they facing the fact that why they are willing to be in a relationship with anyone? It could be work, it could be a personal relationship. Why they are willing to be in a relationship where um, they are not facing their insecurities, they are not facing their problems, and they just they just want to avoid conflict at all cost. They feel that tolerance is the best way to be. Um, but they're not facing something, right? Tolerance or this willingness to put up with things is actually a power. It's a balance power. The balance has to be you face. So if you don't face and you're just putting up with things, then you're not balancing it out, right? Think of an old-fashioned scale, and in that old-fashioned scale, you know, there's like, you know, in those uh, outside courthouses and stuff, there's this lady with justice with old-fashioned scales. So you have to have both equal amount. Then it's balanced. You have to have tolerance and you have to have the power to face. One is not more important than the other. Both have to be equally balanced. But most of the time, if I feel I'm tolerating, if I feel I'm being taken advantage of, then the tolerance part of the scale is heavier than the face part of the scale. And so we have to learn to face. So um, is it spiritual? It's not spiritual not to balance. 
right? I'm not saying tolerance is a bad thing. It's not spiritual not to balance. To live a balanced life is spiritual. You have to face equally as you tolerate. So if someone is, you know, in an abusive relationship, on one hand, they need to tolerate to some degree, right? I mean, especially in the moment when something's happening. But they also need to face the fact they are in a toxic relationship that has to be upgraded, you know, or maybe it might be at work. Right. You know, they have a, it depends on the kind of abuse, no? If it's, let's say, physical abuse, it's emotional, very extreme emotional abuse and all of that, you need to not tolerate in the moment also. You have to face your insecurities. You have to face why you are in this relationship and really get out, especially if it's a physically abusive relationship, an emotionally abusive relationship too. There is no, there's no space for tolerance in such relationships actually. You know, I think a lot of this that we're told in various spiritual teachings to tolerate, to give the other cheek, to put up with things to be seen as a nice person it can be used against ourselves um, and people can take advantage of us they can say oh this person's so nice they're so sweet they put up with things they're so patient uh, and then they just can go on mostly and mostly on on. it's not because of all of those things michael mostly it's because of our deep insecurities deep um desperation that somehow something is in the soul that they feel this other person is giving that you cannot get anywhere else that you do that it's not because you think oh this is nice to do it's a spiritual thing to do most of the time right the underlying reason why people do that is because of some deep insecurities deep fears you know the biggest fear is in any being in any soul, right? The biggest fear is fear of endings. They have big fear of ending of relationships. Um, I don't know why, because they're not really happy in the relationship, but they have fear of ending of relationship. And you have to face that. You have to go close and think whatever it is that is happening, especially if it's physical abuse, right? Whatever is happening is not going to be worse, the worst thing that can happen to you is this physical abuse. Facing it, ending it is so much better. So someone might think they're tolerating and all these things, but really what's going on on a deeper level is they are afraid of losing something and willing to put up with things. Yes, and it's a loss. false belief actually, because they've lost already. They've lost a lot actually already. Right. I mean, the most extreme example is um, physical abuse. You know, I mean, I've heard this from many people who, that, that like, the husband or whoever is beating them up and you know doing all these things, and they say, "Oh, but he's so nice, really, and he's just having a rough day, and you know, he just drinks too much." Um, but really, what's happening is the fear of loss, isn't it? What would happen, and maybe fear of the unknown, fear of not. Being willing to... Fear of the unknown, fear of endings. Fear of endings is a big fear, right? You have to face it. You have to just go in and face it. There's nothing that's going to happen to you. You have the capacity, you have the resilience to bounce back. We all have the capacity. Inherently, we all have the capacity to bounce back and not to have this fear of endings. So... In order to overcome this fear of endings, we need to 
ha- have an idea of what we want and ha- expand our consciousness beyond the situation. Because if, if someone only sees that situation and they can't imagine something else, something better, then they're going to be terrified, right? So we, we obviously need to expand out. How, do, how does that happen? Um, one of the ways is you have to see yourself um, in your dignity, you have to see yourself in your self-respect. You have to see yourself as a being worthy of love, as being worthy of receiving everything. You have to see yourself as worthy. You have to see yourself complete, right? Don't see yourself through the lens of someone else. See yourself through the lens of God, who will always see you as a beautiful, radiant being, always. That's God's vision for you. And so just keep seeing the way God would see you as a beautiful, radiant being. And whatever it is that God has your back, right? Like you can always depend on the supreme source for love and peace, even though you feel, oh, it's difficult, it's not not present here physically, all of those things, right? Just try it a little bit. You know, you just need to overcome this little inertia towards having this relationship because what happens is um, when you don't face and you think whatever you're doing is tolerance, really it's not tolerance, it's just lack of power to face because tolerance as a power is a different power Lack of facing is not tolerance, right? And so you have to understand your worth independent of that relationship. If you understand your worth independent of that relationship, you will realize that tolerance is something else other than not facing. Because people think turning the other cheek is tolerance. No, you're just not facing. Not facing is not tolerance. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, well, most, I mean, I suppose this is a, these are balanced things. I, I imagine most people haven't thought about this. So there are these two things. It's normally thinking that I'm putting up with stuff and that's so wonderful, shows what a great person I am. But what you're saying is that there's actually a major problem here that needs to be looked at directly and underlying issues going on that have to be addressed. And that's the actual issue at hand. It's nothing, to, we're kind of using spiritual ideas to justify lack of facing and changing really lack of facing our fears our insecurities we are hiding behind these spiritual concepts um and so what happens is actually tolerance itself right let's let's double click on tolerance so tolerance is a power and it's a love power It's a power that really harnesses the power of love, right? And so tolerance and love, right? We need to understand love. So love is where there is no selfish motive. It's very pure. It is, there's no attachment in it. There is no fear involved in it. There's none of that stuff going on. And then, but we take like, really a version of love, a very diluted version of love. And we say, oh, but that is tolerance, right? Like, let's say the diluted version is I have expectations, I have selfish motives, I have fears, I have insecurities, and I'm hanging on and saying, oh, I'm hanging on because I love, because I'm tolerating. But that's not the reason why. Because tolerance really is a very high level of love, 
where there is none of that stuff, right? In that, it's a very pure form of love. It's a power. And that power, that pure power of love really is when you tolerate in that, then there is no feeling of you know exactly in that form of love, you know exactly when to face, when to tolerate, when to give, when to be, when to have this boundary set. You know exactly all of these things. So what you're doing is actually you're not facing because love power, like the power of love, the power of tolerance is very high. It's a high power. So... You know, before we get into what someone could do who's in a situation the way they need to get out of, you're talking about tolerance, right? What do you mean is a good example of tolerance then? Um, Like a mother tolerating a child, right? I remember when one of my nephews was little and he was crying a lot. And I was like, oh my God, shut this kid up, Right. And my sister is like, oh, so sweet, so lovely. In the middle of the night, get up, do whatever it takes to bring her to, you know, make sure the child is okay. And so that is really a very pure form of tolerance, um, which is very selfless, which is really just giving, right? It's coming from a very pure place of love. But most of the time in adult relationships, when we say we are, that's like the mother and a child, right? The baby was a few months old, the mother and a child. Um, but most of the time in adult relationships, they don't need that. They need love and law. You know, you need to lay down boundaries, because you're not laying down boundaries because you're afraid something will happen in the relationship. You're afraid of conflict. You're afraid what they'll say, what they'll do. You're afraid you have to put up with a lot of nagging and a lot of, you know, cold shoulders and stalling and all of those things. So you're afraid of that. And so you say, okay, then I won't lay down the law. But as an adult, you need to lay down boundaries. So th this is a very deep thing, right? So what what seems to be going on here is that all of us in one way or another are in relationships with different people in our life, right? And some of those relationships are not healthy and some of them we don't really have thought about these things very much. Like it's the unconscious. We we end up in situations a lot of the time without really knowing what we're do, doing initially. And there's all sorts of different relationships with friends and family and whatever else, right? And, and um, business and all the rest of it. And then, and then we can tolerate, you know, tolerate in the wrong way, put up with things because we're afraid of conflict. We're afraid of speaking up. Um, I think a lot of it, honestly, is is we might not know what we want and what we need in the first place. So, because I think a lot of times we just end up in situations, not quite sure how we got there, and right. and it's like to get what you want, you need to know what you want. Right. So I think that's probably why a lot of this happens on some level is that we just muddle our way through things and end up in a situation and go, I don't know what's going on. I'll just compromise and tolerate a little bit and do these things. And, and it gradually gets worse and becomes this real mess. So it seems like we need to actually have an idea of what we want and then we can Absolutely. gauge whether or not this thing is getting me what we what I want in the first place, you know. Many times we are afraid of even voicing what we want. And even if we voice it, right, and we don't get it the first time, we don't get it the second time, we are so afraid. 
that they leave and you know it'll end and whatever whatever right it's very unconscious this is very unconscious like people can be totally fine in other areas but in some areas like this they are very unconsciously being doormats so this is this is i mean just talking about this i feel myself sort of going slightly unconscious in a sense because like we're looking at things that we're not normally looking at and seeing all these underlying issues that are happening all at the same time and in order to get out of it we need to be able to know what we want very clearly and and take the time to think about what do i want for my life what's important to me what sort of relationship do i actually want to have with various people in different contexts and, and love self love also yeah so it it seems like none of there's no possibility of really moving beyond these situations if we don't know what we want in the first place. And we learn to think of ourselves as worthy. We learn to take love from God. We learn to have self-love. All of that we take care of ourselves. You know, we protect our dignity. Mhm. You want to talk about that dignity, self-dignity? What does that mean? You know, I always tell people protecting your dignity is the number one priority in your life. You have to protect your dignity at all costs. Don't allow anyone to step over your dignity. Don't allow anyone to disrespect you. Don't allow anyone to diss you, you know? Like this what you want is not it doesn't matter you are allowing it even though the other person is doing it we are adults here you're allowing it right and so um what happens is you know recently someone came to the center young girl in her 30s she has a you know a little grown uh, child and then she recently had a baby and then now the husband is uh telling this young young lady oh um you're spending too much time with the baby baby few months old right you're spending too much time with the baby i'm not getting any um you know any attention from you so we should end this relationship and this so this soul was almost willing to do anything to get the husband back and all of that and i'm thinking but it's his child too right it's his child too like why are you not chipping in to help with the child i basically what you're telling me is that you have three children <laughs> you have two and there's one adult who who wants to be treated as a child and willing to really compromise on her dignity really willing to give up her dignity uh to be in the relationship and that kind of sacrifice when you sacrifice your dignity to be in relationships right you think it's free you think nothing's going to happen i'll just give up my dignity but the beating that your dignity gets in the long run is irreplaceable you can't walk that back it takes a really long time to walk back the loss of your dignity so you have to protect your dignity at all costs if someone doesn't want to be with you someone is acting weird someone is doing all of these things right see your dignity see what's happening with your dignity look at it and step away because that kind of loss of dignity when you let it go it's very hard to get it back it takes years to get it back 
It's a very deep thing. You know, I'm thinking of situations in my own life where I did know what I wanted and then I wasn't in, I wasn't getting what I wanted in terms of the relationship, the camaraderie, you know, the, the kind of cooperation in a relationship. And I remember thinking, this is probably a lot of unconscious stuff at the time. Oh, I need to tolerate, I need to put up with this. Um, but what was really going on on a deeper level is I didn't want to address the fact that I actually needed to end the relationship because that has a lot of consequences. I think that, I think that what it comes down to is laziness and fear, really, that we're not getting our needs met and we have two choices. One is to just accept it and say, okay, you know, this is what it is, what can I do? And the other is to say, I'm going to break out of this um, deal with quite a large number of consequences that comes with that, which is oftentimes expensive and complicated, and go into the but unknown. But it's, it's, it's cheaper than losing your dignity. Well, it certainly seems... Don't think that the consequences are so much. Don't think that. Losing your dignity is the highest consequence in any relationship. That's the highest consequence. The no, that no amount of money and no amount of work can replace that. Well, I, I don't think most people think about that at the time, which is like good you're bringing this up. But this is something that I don't imagine most people are like, it's top of mind. Because in, in the, someone's mind, what it seems like is there's massive amount of work to be done here. I'm not saying that that's a good thing. I'm just saying that that's, that's why this goes on and on and on. So that's that's been my personal experience is is I think, well... You know, I can tolerate, I can put up with this thing temporarily because hopefully it'll get better. And it's easier, <laughs> it's easier oh, than Oh, that's the ending. biggest joke of the century. It is a big joke. But, that, but this is this is like, <laughs> w the point of these podcasts is like, I was thinking of having a section called like The Real Deal, right? We could have like a, a banner, The Real Deal. Because The Real Deal is, these are all wonderful concepts. But when it comes to the actual situation, in the mind it seems like there's a massive amount of time, work and energy involved. Like, like I'll give an example in my company, right? I work with people and I've worked with people for years and years and years. Um, I might think to myself, well, this person's not exactly the ideal person for these various reasons. So I've got two choices. One is to say, oh, well, you know, they do mostly things well, which I'm happy about, and they don't do these things well. And that's fair enough, right? That's the easy method. Um, the harder method is to say, let me fire them and rehire someone else, which may not work out either and could, and is enormous amount of time, money and energy and stress and all the rest of it. And so there's, there's this payoff going on in the mind. I don't know whether the future is going to be better than the present, but I definitely know it's going to be a lot of work. Whereas this situation is sort of working in some areas and not in other areas. What I've noticed though, Michael, in any situation like that, no? Mm -hmm. um, the relationship is on its way out. You're just postponing the inevitable. It always ends. Yeah, I That's think what I, I've noticed. I, I think I I'm not saying go, you know, go and your really I'm not saying any of that. I'm just watching as a neutral, detached observer of relationships, and I'm just telling you, protect your dignity at all costs. If you're afraid a relationship is going to end, means it's going to end. Yeah, I suppose the sign of a good relationship is where you can speak honestly and heartfully with the other person and they respect what you're saying and, and they will, 
you know, act accordingly so that the dignity is maintained. So if there's a situation, because no one's perfect and there's sometimes issues come up no matter how good the relationship is. But if we can say to somebody, this is what I need, this isn't working out, we need to change this, then the other person says, okay, sure, you know, let's, that sounds good, it's a win-win. That's a healthy Then they're situation. really respecting you, they yeah. want to be in this, right? If they're yeah. not giving in and they're not doing any of that stuff and they're just whatever, doing whatever, and they're, you're losing your dignity, let me tell you, the writing's on the wall on that one. <laughs> That's a good. I, yeah, that's a good point. It's a bit like, um, is it? I like this expression, win-win situation. Is it a win-win? Are both people? Because we're talking mostly about relationships. Are both people happy about this situation and both winning? And if the answer is yes, then it's great. And if one person's sort of not sure about it and they don't really want to be there, they're not in it, blah blah blah, and this and that, and negative comments and all the rest of it. It, like you said, it's it's a sign it's going to end anyway, so it might as well just be right cleared out. Right. You know, it's going to end anyway. So this is something you have to remember. Uh, you know, there's sunk cost, right? It's going to end anyway, mm-hmm. right? It's going to end anyway. At least end it with your dignity intact, right? Protect your dignity at all costs. Mm. All costs. You have to protect your dignity. No one else will come to it. It's the most important thing you can do in your life. Because it doesn't come cheap. You can't just give it away to people. I'm telling you because I care about you, right? Because I care about people. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it because I want you to go break up with people. I'm not saying that. But make sure that your needs are met and your dignity is protected. That's a very deep thing. So the way to protect dignity is to know what you want and not be willing to put up with anything and get out of it. Don't let these people disrespect you. Don't let people disrespect you. And if they are disrespecting you, what are you supposed to do about it? Call them out on it. Right? Talk about it. Talk to yourself about it. You're worthy. Like, it's disrespect also comes very subtly, right? Like, roll of the eyes, you know... Um, they don't want to talk to you. They don't want to be around you. A lot of ways disrespect comes. They don't want to have a conversation about what's going on. That is disrespect. That's a, that's a classic sign. If, if you sit down and say, okay, there's obviously some issues here. Can we talk about them and work them out? And the other person stonewalls you or they don't want to talk or they put you off or they keep saying later, later, later and they're never around. That's... That's massive disrespect. That's passive-aggressive. A lot, a lot of the time it's passive-aggressive totally passive disrespect. Aggressive, yeah. I'd rather take the aggressive-aggressive kind than yeah. the passive-aggressive. <laughs> At least when people would like directly diss you and call you names and call you out, you know, that's like direct disrespect. Okay, fair enough. But passive-aggressive is, is like they're really being toxic, but they're not saying anything about it directly. It's, 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 through it's very deceiving. Of, you don't yeah. think anything is happening. It's like lack of lack of doing something can be just as toxic as doing something, but it's not as obvious. So, I mean, it seems to me just this conversation. Ultimately, if you want to be in a good situation and not and get what you want, you have to be around the right people. That's what it comes down to. And a friend of mine many years ago, he was saying, if there's a situation that's not working out and you can feel it. 
and you have a feeling that it's ultimately going to end, why don't you just get on with it and get it over and done with? <laughs> just get it done now because what's the point? Totally it's, after my heart, whoever yeah, said that. Yeah, it's, it's, the long, it's the long pain or the short pain. If, if you know this is the end result, then just get it taken care of. Like what is the point in just dilly-dallying around this for months and years? I mean, I remember doing this with someone I was working with. Yeah, not only you're dilly-dallying it, you think it's just cheap, right? You think, oh, the consequences are too much, kids are involved, whatever, whatever, right? Many times we have all of these things going on in our head. But what I'm saying is you're paying with your dignity, which is so expensive. It's the most valuable commodity in your life. What a wonder. And it's very toxic on our heart, very hard. I remember I was in a situation in my work where someone was not respecting my opinion and I was putting up with all sorts of things and I was thinking, oh, but I can't let this person go because blah, blah, blah and all the knowledge and sunk costs and all the rest of it and I finally said, that's it, you know, we're done and um, I felt I felt great afterwards and it wasn't actually a big deal but I could should have really done that a long time ago and I'm glad that I did it. Finally, I just got it taken care of and it was actually a hundred times less of a problem than I imagined in my head. So right. so what we're talking about is really how do we get in good situations? Like what is this, the sign of a good, healthy, dignified relationship? What sort of people you know, do we want to be around? What, what are the what qualifications people, of quality people? People who really care about you, people who have good wishes for you, people who love to see you succeed, uh, people who support you, people who, you know, all of that, those are the kinds of people you want to be around. And they are like that. They are people like that. You know, we go get into very negative patterns of going after people, like the same kind of people in our lives, right? Like we, we have a very negative pattern, like what we seen in our childhood, we tend to repeat in our adult life. So it's a very negative pattern we are going into. But this is very important to sit down and write what's important to you, right? Irrespective of whether you're in a relationship, whether you want to get out of it, don't want to get out of it, write what's important to you. That a relationship has to be that they have to cooperate, they have to have good wishes for you, they have to love to see you succeed, they have to, you know, have respect for you, all of those things. Willing to talk. Mm. So you write a list, write a list of what you want. I mean, I find that really helpful. If we don't know what we want and we haven't thought about this, then we just take whatever comes. And there's bound, there's a lot more bad things, <laughs> and bad opportunities and weird situations than there are good ones. So We have to be very clear what we want. Very clear, right? Just write it down. It's the beginning of the year. You can just write these down and say, I'm going to manifest this by the end of the year. And you will. That's very powerful. So write it down and refer back to it. So, you know, these are the situations that I want. These are the sort of people I want to work with, want to live with, want to be with, want to connect with, friends I want. And and then you can say, okay, d do my current situations match up to this or not and if not then it might be better to find other people who are genuinely into it who are happy about this because high level people like other high level people that's there's a mutual love and appreciation 
And unfortunately in life, and I'm sure many people listening to this have heard this before, that when you become more successful in any area of your life, a lot of other people just fall away. Uh, and there's there's a lot of room at the top, so to speak, because not many people want to play at that level. There's hardly anyone there. I mean, there's just hardly anyone there. And so anyone who is wanting to go to a higher level, they, they want to connect with other people like that because there's not many of them around, actually. So whereas on the other hand there's massive amounts of people who are just complaining and blaming and making excuses and putting up with all sorts of stuff and that's not the sort of life that's very inspiring right right wherever you are just surround yourself by people who will love to see you succeed so writing down what you want getting clear and being willing to say no and I think it's just brings a lot of peace of mind to realize that toxic situations are going to end anyway so why not get it over and done with <laughs> right <laughs> so this has been a fascinating conversation did anyone know that dignity was the most important thing in life this is a new concept for most people protecting our dignity and it's not really spiritual just to be putting up with nonsense all the time at all. It's a sign. No, it's, it's not. You're just giving it as an excuse, though. You know, there's always a dynamic, right? When you're in a relationship, it's a dynamic. What are you doing in this dynamic? Don't worry about this other person. What are you doing? Let's, let's get that going, right? You stop doing whatever you're doing in that dynamic. This one, this part will fall off. That's right. Or they will step up. Yeah. Or they will step up. But if you keep saying, oh, this one should do, this one should do, then you're not taking responsibility for what you're supposed to do. That's right. There's a wonderful quote, I can't remember who said it, that when you change, the way people used to manipulate you no longer works and they don't like it. <laughs> so that that's what happens. We we act differently and the other person freaks out and everyone goes, what happened to this person? You know, and everyone, it has to, everyone has to sort of readjust to this new dynamic. So the reality of this situation is that if you do these things that we're talking about, you'll end up in a much, much better situation in the future. And in the meantime, there will be some level of discomfort and chaos to some degree. And we might as well be, be honest about that because it is going to happen, right? And that's the price we have to pay in order to get our dignity back and sort our lives out. Shireen, how do they deal with that? How do they deal with what? The chaos. Oh, the chaos. Just live through it. Just breathe deeply. Just live through it. And I always tell people, see yourself the way God would see you. Not this popular version of God where he's punishing and has a little black book and writing your mistakes. Not that one. The ocean of love, right? The actual one. The actual one who's the ocean of love, who doesn't play favorites, doesn't do any of that stuff. The actual one. So that one, there's only one. That one, that source of love is so loving that I cannot imagine my life without that source where I'm seeing myself through his eyes, through the vision that he has for me, through the dream he has for me. And I have to keep seeing myself through that. There's this highest vision, just like you would see like the most precious child. That's the way God sees us. And so you have to see yourself that way. If you start seeing yourself that way, then 
automatically everything will fall into place. But first start seeing yourself that way. That's the thing I would recommend everyone is remember you're a spiritual being and have a vision of yourself the way God would vision you. The ocean of love would vision you. Ah, that's so beautiful. So let's just finish with a little recap on if you want to get what you want, then first of all, know what you want, write it down so you don't forget and rewrite it or have it somewhere to look at because without that, everything is a bit random. And then look at your life and say, okay, does it match up? Do the people in your life match up with what you want? And if not then just deal with the fact that there are sunk costs, this sunk costs issue. We Oh, I bet I've been with this person for 20 years. I can't just, no, no, no. If it's not working out and it's not going to work out, they might as well just get it over and done with because it's going to happen anyway. And then that's going to open up to new people who are actually inspiring and want to be with you and are more interested in connecting and on the level you want to connect. And be willing to go through the fire temporarily to it's like crossing a, a, a flaming bridge really isn't it you know <laughs> across the abyss but you will get to the other side it's not as bad as you're making it out to be really it's not it's a little uncomfortable it's not as uncomfortable as people make it out to be we have the capacity to withstand anything that life throws at us we all have an inherent psychological immune system that protects us. It is there, right? That's what recent research has shown, that we have all a psychological immune system. We have the capacity to synthesize happiness out of everything. Don't be afraid. There's nothing uncomfortable. Maybe a little bit, just a little bit, and just walk through that. Just that little bit. Slight discomfort. It's not as bad as you think it's going to be. No, no, no. It's, I think it's just worth talking about these things a little bit because at the back of the mind, there's this thing, yeah, but something, something, something. But if we just deal with it directly, it's not. I remember when I started doing meditation, I stopped hanging out with my old friends and going out drinking all, you know, in, in, on, the, on the weekend. And I remember I didn't really think about it that much at the time, but I was like getting away from something that was bad for me. And I started doing meditation and there was some level of weird feeling when I saw my old friends and like, what happened to you? Where have you been? You know, there was a little bit of thing, but actually I met all these new people and my whole life got better and everything got better and better and better. And so <clears throat> there is this whole new world that opens up and we're, we're only going to get there when we're open to move forward. So this is going to be a wonderful opportunity to meet new people who you don't know yet. I remember one time, I'll just finish on this story. I was in England and I was not very happy with a certain situation that I was dealing with. And I was in the car and the, there's a red light and it turned green and I went forward and then I turned the corner down to the road where I lived. And just as I turned the corner, I had this awareness. I am going to meet loads of wonderful people who I don't know yet in another country. <laughs> and I just remember turning the corner thinking, that's just fascinating. There are all these wonderful people. And I didn't know who they were or where they were or anything about it. But I just had that feeling. And since, since then, I have met a lot of wonderful people who I didn't know at that time. So there are all these wonderful people who would love to meet you in your life who don't exist yet, but you're going to find them 
when you take action and move forward. Yay. So thank you so much, Shireen. And thank you, Michael. Always a pleasure. You want to read us a blessing? Blessing. Okay, this is for all of you. Special blessing? Adaptability. Adaptability. Ad wow. Your ability to adjust brings you joy. Adaptability is your badge of honor. You embrace new experiences with enthusiasm. You bravely navigate life's unpredictable turns. Possibilities are limitless. This freedom is now who you are. Thank you. That's beautiful. So lots of love to everybody. Have a beautiful week. And I look forward to hearing all your success stories as you move forward in this new life. Lots of love. Om Shanti.